Hi, this is B. Shavery, and I'm here with your daily dose of energy. It is Saturday. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. And I am finally, finally, finally beginning on the episode series of managing corporate America, guys. You know, we have a lot of things that we are needing to talk about. And as you guys know that I am someone who is both full-fledged in um nonprofit as well as corporate America. So I DV between the both of them full time. And it is a full time job to manage and to navigate and to just be who I am in the midst of so many things going on around us within us and in the midst of where we are in life. And so this particular episode, I want you guys definitely, definitely, definitely to Get yourself some pen, get yourself some paper, some pens and paper, a pencil, whatever it is that you want to write with, or um your your keep your notepad or whatever. However, you take notes because this is going to be a very informative episode. This particular episode, I'm going to dive into the explanation of microaggressions, managing them in corporate America. I'm going to give you guys a bit of some statistics so that you can understand uh, number wise how many people are truly, truly affected by this and understanding with statistics that is only um, giving a rough amount of summary of people based on those who participate in these particular surveys. So understand that in understanding the numbers that these numbers are definitely not everyone because everyone does not participate in these particular type of uh, surveys when asked or prompted to. Okay. So I want you guys to know that this is definitely something that no matter what your race, cultural creed, or ethnicity is you can definitely benefit from this because it's going to help you if you are someone who has said these things or who has dealt with these things. It's going to give you more of an understanding of the feelings that you may feel and how to uh, deal with it in the midst of so much going on in our day to day life. It's going to surprise you how common a lot of these things are that you're saying, a lot of the things that you're engaging in, the laughter, the the petty banter that you may think is harmless. It's very interesting how these things could very well be systematically and systemically programmed and you not even know it within your own psyche. And it could be a very dangerous territory. And some people may never speak about how it offends them, how it affects them because a lot of people just don't know how to address it or don't want to address it. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get into this particular episode. Guys, I love your freaking souls. Thank you so much for all of your support. I am absolutely not in any way, shape or form numb to the uh, support that I have received and continue to receive on a daily, daily basis. Okay. So let's get right into this episode. Guys, it's going to be a very informative one and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's get right into it. Okay. Hi, my babies. Okay, so first, what is a microaggression? I think that's something that's very important before we begin 
to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown of what it is, how it could potentially have been affecting you and how you have been affected by it or how you contributed to these particular antidotes in your everyday life. Now, a microaggression can very well seem very, very harmless. There's a difference between a microaggression and a a macro um, aggression. And when navigating or dealing with these things, it's very important that you know that intent does not supersede impact. Okay. So regardless to what the intent was behind what you said and how you said it, the impact that it has on the person who is receiving what you are saying is very well, it it supersedes it. It's more important. It, it, It makes more of what you said about the reality of it opposed to what you thought in your mind you were doing intentional wise. Okay. So let's speak about what a microaggression is. These are particular incidents in which let's say you accidentally or some people purposely make an offensive statement or ask insensitive questions. And this can be defined as verbal, behavior, environmental indignities um, that communicate in hostile, derogatory, or negative ways, racial-wise, sexuality-wise, ethnicity, uh, culture-wise. And it is definitely insulting towards a person or a group, okay? So micro and microaggression refers to one-on-one type of interactions. So for instance, if it is you speaking with one person or you're speaking with two or three other people, it is a smaller group. It's more of an individual-based aggression that you're given. And micro means it's it's subtle, right? My macro would refer to system systemic racism or systemic sexual, you know, sexual discrimination. These type of things are on a bigger platform. It's it's systemic, which means it includes a social structure and institutions. It's beyond one person. It is just the culture of a place or a um, space that you may particularly Uh, frequent or reside in. It's it's the culture of that. Okay. Microaggressions come in three forms and it could be micro assaults, micro insults, and micro invalidations. Now, micro assaults happen when a person purposely behaves or speaks in a racist way or uses racist symbols, such as a coworker make a racist joke Um, you're aware that the joke is racist. You know that it's disrespectful, but you claim that it's harmless. It also includes never acknowledging that, let's say you have a black or a Jewish employee or Asian employee during a meeting, but you're ignoring their attempts to share. You're ignoring their attempts to engage that is a subtle micro assault, right? Could have like your manager. You could be a person that's always like, if you go into a beauty store, if you go into somewhere and someone's always watching you, they're looking at you. And this is something that commonly happens with black people. It's con- you're watching them. You're, you're suddenly, they walk past your car. You want to lock the door. You are, you are uncomfortable because not because this person has done something to you, but because of the stereotype that you have allowed 
to be programmed into your psyche. Okay. You, um, let's say a micro insult, micro insults are verbal and nonverbal behaviors that demean a person by race. And it's rude. It's insensitive. And people who use uh, micro insults can either be aware or unaware of the racism. They don't know. It's just, it's an ignorance, but it's still, again, it's superseding your intent. The impact is more powerful than what you intended to happen or intended to occur. It's an example. Let's say a white coworker is asking a black coworker how she was able to get her job as if a black person just can't be qualified for something or an Asian person can't be qualified for something. Something about them has to be supernaturally uh, different for them to have been able to get into a particular position or company. You know? So then you have the last one, which is micro invalidations. These are forms of communication that attempt to negate, exclude, or ignore a person based on their race, their culture, their creed, their ethnicity. Um, Most people that give micro invalidations are people who deny that they're racist. They, I I can't be racist. I have a black friend or I have a Asian friend or I was, I was raised around some black people. Um, but it's still a micro invalidation of that person. Just because you know A and you know one or two or three does not make you not a racist person. Um, for example, let's say you have a coworker and you may ask a black coworker where she's from or Asian or, or Hispanic, where are you from? Something that you know you never ask a white person. You never ask them what area they're from because you assume they're from a, a, a area such as yourself, which is most likely either a suburb or a rural area, but you, there's a commonality there just because they're white. But the implied meaning behind what it is that you're asking this other employee is that they don't belong there. Where they are is not where they're bred. It's not where they're born. It's not where they belong. So how did they get here? Why are they here? And who allowed them to get in? That is a part of a micro, um, the microaggressions that occur on a daily basis, right? These are everyday forms of discrimination like sexism, racism. And it definitely reflects disrespect and an inequality, Okay, so let's get into a little bit of the statistics, right? For 64% of women, microaggressions are a workplace reality. Women have to provide more evidence of their competence than men and are also two times likely as to have been mistaken for someone in a more higher position, right? Black women specifically deal with greater variety of microaggressions are more likely than any other women to have judgment questioned on areas and in areas of their expertise, right? Almost two thirds of women face everyday sexism and racism at work every day. So again, this is not something that is just, oops, I made a mistake. This is a culture of corporate America. This is something that occurs typically more often than it would if you were in your neighborhood or if you were at home. 
We're not speaking about just black people though. There is also discrimination based on a person's gender preference or a person's you know, sexual orientation or the culture that they're in or the assumed culture that they should belong to. Let's speak about, for instance, having your judgment questioned in your area of expertise. When it comes to men, that's 27%. All women, 36%. White women, 36%. Asian women, 29%. Latina women, 32%. Black women, 40%. Lesbian women, 37%. In that category alone, even though it's slightly higher, it is still 40% of black women and 37%. These high numbers of percentages are very disheartening when you think about what they equal to in a day-to-day place. That's that's less than one in, that's more than one in three women that experience this in your office space. Um, needing to provide more evidence of your competence than others do. 16% of men, 31% of women, 29% more specifically of white women, 36% of Asian women, 30% of Latina women, 42% of black women, and 34% of lesbian women. Still, black women have to prove that they are competent enough to hold positions, even though they are beyond competent and they have the capabilities and they have the credentials. They still are constantly questioned and double checked when it comes to their resumes or their ability to perform on whatever job they've signed up to. Being addressed in a less professional manner, men, 16%, white women, all women, okay, all women, 26%, 26%, white women, 26%, Asian women, 21%, Latinas, 23%, 26% black women, 23% lesbian women. Being mistaken for someone at a much lower level, 10% of men, 20% of all women, 19% of white women, 22% of Asian women, 19% of Latina women, 22% of black women, and 20% of lesbian women. Often having your work contributions ignored. 16% of men, 17% of all women, 16% of white women, 16% of Latina women, 17% of, I'm sorry, 17% of Latina women, 16% of Asian women, 22% of black women, and 20% of lesbian women. Hearing demeaning remarks about you or people like you, men, 10%. Women, 16%. White women, 16%. Asian women, 15%. Latino women, 15%. Black women, 19%. And lesbian women, 26%. So it's very important to understand that microaggressions aren't only a problem for women, not black women, not white women, not Asian women, but the high number statistically shows you how much more prevalent it is in a culture than it is the other. But there are also men, men who experience these, especially men of color and gay men. Black men like black women are more likely to have their judgment questioned and be asked to provide more evidence than their qualifications. Gay men 
like lesbian women are far more likely to hear demeaning remarks about themselves or others like them and to feel discouraged from talking about their personal lives at work. 35% of women in corporate America experience sexual harassment at some point in their careers. 55% of women in senior leadership, 48% of lesbian women, and 45% of women in tech fields report that they have been sexually harassed. 32% of employees think that harassment is often quickly addressed by their companies. Only 32%. And I will be honest with you guys and say I've never experienced sexual harassment, but I have, I have definitely seen and experienced innuados of uh, references to the body, references to um, the, your assumed beauty. I have definitely seen other women use their sexuality and their um, femininity to get roles or to try to get roles or to try to maneuver in certain areas within a corporation. I have definitely seen this become uh, prey for so many men who engage in this type of behavior. Microaggressions such as, oh my God, you're so smart. Where are you really from? Who are you? Who, who taught you how to do that? Or, oh, but you're different. You're so different. People use microaggressions in so many different ways by assuming that you're not qualified for positions that you're in or that you don't belong where you are in life and that you got there by some other merit other than your intelligence. And the difficult part is proving that. Being afraid to speak up about what you are feeling and what your experiences is also a commonality because so often so many people feel not heard. So many people feel as if it doesn't matter what they say, it's never going to do anything. It's never going to matter because no one really cares. And that is where we come in as People, when you see things, when you're hearing things like, oh, when I see you, I don't see color. How the hell don't you see color? Are you colorblind? We are all one race, a human race. Uh, no, you're diminishing the fact that black people, Asian people, Latina people, lesbian people may have a different reality than you. Our experiences are not the same. You are so articulate. Like, you don't think I'm able to have a competent conversation and articulate myself intelligently? What is really, what is really the problem? Or the, the, the big one. Did your hair grow overnight? Oh, your hair is so big today. Are you planning to wear that to the client meeting? Or are you going like, what are you trying to say? It's, it's those type of comments that you hear when it comes to certain cultures and ethnicities that you just don't hear from everyone else. Everyone can succeed in society if they just work hard enough. Uh, no. 
it doesn't matter. We work very hard. You have people, especially black culture, who work hard, work hard, work hard. We overwork, we overextend, and we overgive and overdo. And we still end up underpaid and underappreciated in positions that we are overqualified for. So it's very important for people to understand that the way that corporate has been ran is by overworking its really good workers but also undervaluing and underappreciating the work that one may do in order to just stand ahead for themselves. How do you deal with these type of microaggressions? How do you navigate through the turmoil and the, the discomfort? Well, one way of doing this would be to acknowledge it. Understand how it makes you feel. Address it. Don't run from it. Don't feel like you need to be silent. Don't feel like you need to appear like it doesn't bother you. If it is offensive to you, it is important to speak on it. But it's also more important to know how you're speaking on it. Because you want your your you don't want it to be undermined by your emotion, but you also want yourself to be able to express it freely without undermining the reality and negating the true cause and the issue at hand. And it's not just corporate America that people deal with these microaggressions or that they give these microaggressions. This is in life in general. And if you understand the psyche behind it, then you're able to navigate it in a way that does not make you feel like you are depleting yourself or you are denouncing parts of yourself just to fit in or just to belong. Being you is what makes you unique. Being you is what makes you who you are. But it is also important to understand the important dynamics at hand when you're dealing with a multitude of differences. When you're dealing with people who don't know how to engage in those differences. And the microaggression is to me like passive passive aggression. I don't like passive aggressive individuals. For me, a passive aggression is a weakness because you are too afraid to say what you really mean and you don't know how to stand with your back straight and say what it is that you want to say. I don't do subliminal. I'm straightforward. I'm an assertive person naturally. I've known that all my life. I've been I really started really learning that in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. I'm a very assertive person. I don't uh pussyfoot in a sense around. I, I don't I don't sugarcoat. I don't have time for that. If something is offensive, I like to speak on it. I don't like, I can't rest knowing that I'm offended by what you've said or done to me. So it's important for me to communicate that. I've learned how to communicate in different ways effectively, but I still communicate it because it's important. And it may not be important to someone else, but it's important for me and my psyche and my mental wellness. So I have to do what I have to do to make sure that I'm okay with whatever I am being either forced to engage in or being um, flown into. So when you are navigating these ties and these microaggressions in, in life, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Don't be afraid to let people know where you stand. That's very important. And it's very, 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 very necessary. But the thing is how you do it, how you do it. Don't allow someone else's ignorance to force you in a space that forces you to be mute but also you don't want to come off 
incapable of communicating effectively because you're so angry at what was said when you understand it again the psyche behind the ignorance then it doesn't bother you as much as it would if you didn't know we're in a very interesting time we're in a very trying time and that's not going to change just because the season does We're having to do a lot of groundwork. We're having to do a lot of self-evaluations and we're having to really be introspective in a way that we probably would have assumed or would have preferred not to. And that is completely understandable. Completely. So... I want you guys, I just wanted to give you a brief before I went into um, more depth of the microaggressions, which I will do another episode in more detail on how to navigate, give examples of how to navigate and all that. But I needed to give you guys an overview of what it really is, what it really is. And I'll go into deeper about the psychology behind it on the next episode but this particular episode is very important because I feel like you guys are needing to know how to get through this type of transition when it comes to dealing with uncharted waters and people who say things very nicely and nicely is you're saying it with a smile on your face but the energy behind what you're saying again is not nice and sweet it's very nice and nasty That's how people can be disrespectful with a smile on their face. That's how people can smile right in your face while they're stabbing you in your back because it's a nasty energy. But you have to know how to address that and be unwilling to waver when it comes to addressing it. Period. Not being afraid to be the angry black person or whatever. Like, I don't have to be an angry black person because I'm allowing you. I've I've heard it all. I've heard I have a superior attitude. I've heard that, you know, people are intimidated by my intelligence. People are intimidated by my stance and I could give a damn care less. I don't have a superior attitude, but I damn sure don't have an inferior one. So if something is coming off incorrectly to me, I'm going to speak on it. Now that doesn't mean fighting every battle that you across. Some things don't even need to be addressed. However, disrespect always does. And a microaggression can be seen as disrespect. It is disrespectful. Whether you think it's disrespectful enough to address it, that's your form of what's too much. But for me, I address disrespect. And I don't have to address it with disrespect. But I make it clear where I stand when it comes to disrespect so that if in case it happens again, What you get is what you deserved and what you've earned. Okay. So very, very, very important to just know how to navigate these waters, especially navigating through the world of corporate America and the passive aggression that happens on so many levels, no matter your position. But definitely, definitely depends on your race, your ethnicity, your culture, and how you are perceived in those type of environments. And it's not saying that white people don't go through their own, they do, you do, but it's totally different 
from those of a different type of ethnicity, culture, or creed. Totally different. Our experiences in this world is different. And people just have to accept that. You just have to know that. And I know it's uncomfortable to listen to, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And it's going to be what it's going to be. Okay. So this has been your daily dose of energy. I hope that it's been informative. I hope that it helped you to give you a little bit of a, a brief breakthrough breakdown of what it is that occurs within corporate America and how to navigate through. On the next episode, I'll go a little deeper into it, the psyche behind it, and try to break down the stigmas and all of these things to assist you guys with navigating the waters as well. Okay. So until our next daily dose of energy, I love your freaking souls. Thank you guys so very much again for all of your support. Until next time. Bye.